The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Isn't she awesome? She's my favorite. Uh, the power is here. Uh, real quick, before we even get into the message, I want to uh, read something out of Psalms that is not part of what we're doing today, but uh, we had a couple different people, both Jenna and Pastor Art, just talk about finding refuge in the Lord and allowing him to, you know, pull over, allow him to work on you. Uh, and I had the same message. I did a little uh, Facebook Live this morning when I was on my prayer walk, and it was the same thing. And so I'm going to read us a little bit of Psalms, and then I want to take an opportunity, if God's speaking, right, to give some people a chance to get prayer, if you need that, okay? Because I can put mine on hold, God's is more important than mine, I'm here to serve him, right? Like we all are. So Psalm 71, this is, this is King David, he says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. And this morning, I was on, when I was on my walk, there was all these rabbits bouncing around. And as soon as you got close, they just ran into the, these tall like sunflowers and stuff. They just ran. And I was just walking by them, and I kept seeing them, kept seeing them, kept seeing them. And it's like the Lord was just telling me, Sometimes it's best not to try to fight, not to try to be the warrior to try to overcome everything. Sometimes it's best just to go into refuge, just to go get away. And we have a refuge in God where sometimes we're going through struggles that are difficult emotionally, mentally, financially, could be whatever the case might be relationally, and we want to just, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my 10 affirmations in the morning. I'm going to work through this, and I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do this, or I'm going to overcome this, or I'm going to make this happen. And sometimes... It's okay for us to just go, you know what? I just need refuge in the Lord. I don't know how to get over this depression. I don't know how to get through this discouragement. I don't know how to make this relationship better. I don't know how to fix my finances. I don't know how to be a better Christian. Lord, I just need you and to go get refuge in him. And that is okay to do. So if you're here and you say, man, I just need right now to just receive that and just find my refuge in the Lord because of whatever I'm going through. Just raise your hand. Everybody's eyes open, everybody looking around, because what are we here? We're family, right? Right? I mean, that's what we talk about, right? Love God, love people, live like me. Keep that, keep that up. Anybody else? I know there's more. Raise your hand. Sometimes in faith, we raise our hand and we say, that's me, and then we let people pray for you. Anybody else? I need a place of refuge right now. I just need God to encourage me because I've not been able to encourage myself. I need God to help me get through a situation because I've had a difficulty getting through. I need God to help me with what's going on in my family because I don't know how to get it right and get it fixed. Anybody else? It's an opportunity. Something happens when we, when we break open and we just release and say, God, help me. See, there's one more. Any men, any men who are so strong and so able and so unwilling and unable to show any weakness, any men just say, man, I need God's strength because mine's not enough at the moment. I'll give you a chance. Here we go. There's a couple of them. Okay, put your hands back up, everybody. If you see a hand up, I'm just going to shorten my sermon today. If you see a hand up, just go over and just put a hand on one of these people and pray for them. 
and just pray. You know, my house should be called what? A house of prayer, right? It's okay. We'll just take a minute. If it's important enough to God to go and say, you know what? I'm going to bring a word at 8 a.m. when I'm on my, or 7 a.m. when I'm on my prayer walk. I'm going to give the same word to Jenna. I'm going to bring the same word to Pastor Art. Then that's important enough for us to take a minute and just say, you know what? Let's, let's encourage and pray for these people. Just know as you're being prayed for that God saw you. God saw your circumstance. God saw your situation. God saw your struggle. And that's why he kept speaking this word over and over again, because he wanted to touch your life today. He wanted to encourage you today, as only he knows how to do. So just receive it. Just receive it. There's nothing you have to do to receive from the Lord in that way. You don't have to do something special. You don't have to give an offering. You don't have to dance on your head. God's just giving to you out of his grace and his mercy and his love. He just wants to pour on you, and he just wants to be your refuge. Father, I just pray for each person that's got their hand raised today. God, I ask, Lord, that you would, God, just pour out your grace upon them. Lord, cause them to feel peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, guard their heart and their mind in Christ. Lord, we thank you that you are their refuge. Father, that you are the place that they can run to, Lord, that they can hide, that they can find shelter, God, they can be encouraged. Lord, they can just get rest, they can just get refreshed, they can get rebuilt. Lord, they don't have to be the champions, because you are already the champion. Father, we thank you for it. We just give you praise for it. Thank you, Lord, for your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being open and vulnerable and being willing to do that. You know, when God speaks, we just want to listen and we just want to open up and say, you know what, fill me up, show me, show me, teach me, help me. All right, now we'll get into the word here. Demystifying the Holy Spirit, right? Demystifying the Holy Spirit. Let's pray, God, we pray that you'll touch this word and help us to hear it. Lord, help us not just to hear it with our ears, but hear it in our hearts. God, get it into where it makes a difference in our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so demystifying the Holy Spirit. When I was a kid, my mom and dad's bedroom was off limits. I mean, off limits. You don't go in their room. Anybody grow up like that? Like that's the master bedroom, that's mom and dad's room. You can't go in there, right, Mendel? You can't go in mom and dad's room. The only time I was really ever allowed to go in mom and dad's room was when it was time for spanking, Right? So I wonder what the statute of limitations is on spankings, because I don't even think you could do that. Don't do that. But I got plenty of spankings, whoopings, whatever you want to call them. And so, but you can go in there for that. But other than that, that's mom and dad's room. You don't go in that door. And so there was this whole kind of thing about their room, like that's their door. Like even when you started to get close to it, you felt like, ooh, I'm getting close to the danger zone. Like I'm right there. I'm just right there. I'm almost in. And so sometimes you would just do something bad and get in trouble so you could get a spanking so you could go in. It's like a trade-off. Like, should I get in trouble? I want to go in there. There was nothing interesting in there. There was nothing great in there. There was nothing fantastic in there, but it was just mysterious, right? Bottom line, yeah, there were seven kids in our family, and mom and dad just wanted a place to go away where we weren't allowed to come. <laughs> sometimes mystery is good, and sometimes mystery just puts up kind of a wall that keeps from relationship and closeness. You know, I originally, that was my opinion of our, of our room. Like, my mom and dad had a master bedroom. No one could go in there. 
So no one could come in our room. That's kind of how I started our family. It was like nobody could come in our room. But eventually over time I realized like all the kids want to come in at night and talk and stuff. And so that's like when relationships happening. So just leave the door open, <laughs> right? Just leave it open, people coming in. And the more that that's happened, the more relationship happens, right? And so there's something sometimes when we take a little bit of mystery, a little bit of the confusion out of things like, oh, I don't understand. There's just this, this uh, you know, mystifying idea. I take that away. It's like relationship can come together and form, right? And so that's my goal, really, is to take some of the mystery out of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit will always have mystery, right? Because it's God. He's mysterious. We can't understand him. But there are some things he wants us to know so that we can have deeper relationship with him as part of his plan. So who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? We hear about him all the time. We sing about him. You see conferences. Oh, come get in touch with the Holy Spirit. Come get connected with the Holy Spirit. And then you hear all these reports back from people about the Holy Spirit. Well, what's going on with the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Everybody was there laughing. So like, is the Holy Spirit like kind of like the cosmic comedian, like the ultimate tickler? Just like comes from like this, shh, the wind of the Spirit comes in, like, brings us tickle fingers, and God's going to get you, right? Because people laughed all night. I don't know. Is he like the divine Oprah? Makes everybody cry. The Holy Spirit came, we were weeping all night. We were just crying. He's like a, kind of just came and sat on the couch of my heart and just talked to me. And next day I knew I cried and cried. Like who or what is the Holy Spirit? What's his work? What's he about? What's he trying to do? What's the point? of this Holy Spirit? Is it just the Holy Ghost? Right? Oh my gosh, it's the Holy Ghost. I don't like ghosts. Is the Holy Ghost okay? Like, are we supposed to believe in ghosts? Like, why do they call him the Holy Ghost? What's going on? And there's all this stuff around it, but it just gets talked about vaguely and gets talked about kind of in different church circles, and you, depending on which church you go to, right, then, you know, the Holy Spirit is something that, you know, a couple people have and a couple people don't have, and if you do the right things, you can get you know, in relationship to the Holy Spirit. There's all this stuff going on. And so my goal over the next uh, several weeks is to just dive into this subject and really get into God's word for our answers. Not just my opinion, my background, my upbringing or anything like that, my experiences, but into God's word. And say, what does he have to say about this? And so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to start really at the beginning. And the way you get to know somebody, if you really want to get to know somebody, kind of the, the number one get-to-know-you question is, so what do you do, right? How many of you ever asked that question to somebody? Like, so what do you do? Right, like, that's the most important thing. Well, I'm a plumber. Okay, that tells me everything I need to know about you, right? Now I know it all, right? Oh, you're, you know, you're a real estate agent. I know all of that now, okay? Like, that just, boom. Don't need to ask any other questions because I know what you do, right? But we're not always what we do, right? We're even more than that, but it does give us kind of an idea when we see the activities of somebody, not just their job, but what do they do in life? What's their hobby? What do they do for their passion? Like, what drives them? And we see kind of the work that somebody does in their life, what comes out of their life, it gives us an idea of who they are. So, like, look at Pastor Art. Pastor Art is very involved in outreach ministries, right? He's got the boxing over here. He does a Friday night ministry. You can pretty much, <coughs> if Pastor Art's not at work, he is somewhere trying to minister to outreach people, to outreach pe to people that need outreach and that are at risk or people that are struggling. So what does that tell me about Pastor Art? It tells me that he has a love for people that are hurting and broken, that he wants to encourage them, that he wants to be a father to the fatherless, that he wants to love people. What he does tells me about who he is, right? 
So with that, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of just wildness that goes on. There's a lot of crazy in and outs where people come in and go out of your life and time demands and money demands and all these things. And so if I say, well, tell me about Murdy. Well, what would that tell me about Murdy? What does she do? Well, she stays with art for one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's a lot of work over the years. Right? She comes in and she helps him and she's been around and she's stuck it through the good times, the bad times, people knocking on her door, peeking her in her window to see if they're home and they could give counsel at all odd hours of the day and night, right? Amen. Giving money away when they don't have money so they don't have the money for their own stuff. Well, how are we going to pay our own bills? So it tells me about Murdy, what she does and sticking with that and going through that, it tells me that she has faithfulness, right? That she has a love for art, that she wants to be there and support him that she has a love for the people that he is working to minister to because she, she, even on the times she can't be there, she's allowing this to go on and take time and, hey, use my husband, take him, right? But it, it adds that, okay? And then she's the one that can also draw some lines. Hey, we need some family time. What does that tell me about Marie? That she loves her family. She cares about her kids. She cares about them as a unit. Right? So when you see what somebody does, it tells you a lot about not just the activity, but it tells you about who they are. Right? So looking at what the Holy Spirit is about and what he does tells us a little bit about the actual Holy Spirit, not just the activity. So let's look at what some of those things are. Number one, Genesis 1, chapter 1 through 2. I put these in the first person as if, you know, the Holy Spirit's answering this question. Right? What do you do, Holy Spirit? What do you do? And the first time that we see the Holy Spirit in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, so the Holy Spirit, was hovering. Now, the word hovering there, it means like relaxing and brooding, kind of like a, a hen over the eggs, right? Just brooding over, like just helping something come into being, something to hatch, something to happen. So the Holy Spirit is there in the midst of creation over this void and darkness and all these things going on and is just kind of bringing peace and bringing this order and helping things be able to come into life, come into being. And so that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, but that's from the beginning of time. So we know that the Holy Spirit's eternal. The Holy Spirit's always been here, right? The Bible teaches, and we're going to get into all of it today, but the Bible teaches the Trinity, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is this kind of oneness of God and yet difference, right, in person and in activity, and yet uh, inseparable oneness that makes them one. And so the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit was at work. The Holy Spirit was bringing life and being a part of all those things. And so we know just from that one verse that the Holy Spirit's eternal, the Holy Spirit's God, that the Holy Spirit brings life, not chaos and death, because it went into chaos and death and brought out life, peace, and order, right? So that gives us an understanding of how the Holy Spirit works. Okay, so going into Exodus, what do you do, Holy Spirit? Well, I empowered people to build the church. When I say the church, I don't just mean the building. When I say the church, I mean this, the whole body of Christ, to build the church, to build the body of Christ, including actually doing practical, physical things. So check this out. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. So he picks a specific person. He says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, so the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and all kinds of skills. 
to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. The Holy Spirit literally comes and helps people do actual regular things. Not just pray, not just fast, not just sing, not just laugh, not that any of those things are bad, not just cry, but to actually just do physical things. When I was in, uh, living in Central Oregon, uh, we had a friend, and her husband was leaving town. And her husband told her before he left, he said, if something goes wrong, call CJ. Don't call Andy. Very specific instructions. If something goes wrong with the house, don't call Andy, call CJ. Now, the problem was CJ lived a lot farther away. He was like 20, 30 minutes away. And we were right there. Like, this is actually Vancouver. I was right down the street. Like, she wouldn't even have to call me. She could, like, walk over probably and just say, hey, I need help. He said, don't get help from Andy, whatever you do. Just call CJ. She's like, okay. I won't. Now, this is the kind of story that comes out way down the road when you have friends, right? Stay friends long enough, and people will tell you what they really thought about you when you were first friends. It's kind of how it works. And so I, okay, well, that's really nice. Well, the reason for that is I don't have those construction skills, right? I don't have the ability to do stuff. We were talking about how many of our houses have been flooded, and it's been all of them. I said, except for, somebody said, except for this one. This was just the other day. They said, well, except for this one, never flooded. And I said, well, that's true. And we were drinking coffee and eating, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Our garage flooded last year. Well, the backyard, the yard. And I broke a pipe trying to put up a tram- put down a trampoline. So... Who knows if you drive a stake in the ground to hold the trampoline that it's going to hit a water pipe and spray water everywhere. Like, that's very strange. <laughs> strange stuff. So I don't have those skills. But do you know that the Spirit of God could come upon me and I could do something amazing? It's possible. I could build an incredible thing. It is. But God does this stuff. You know, Jason Tompkins is here. Jason Thompson is a great craftsman. He's in real estate now, but man, that guy can work with wood and do some amazing things. You know, he's built some beautiful things. He built the picnic tables out front of the church for us. But he can do some really beautiful custom work that's just outstanding, like interior wood stuff. It's great. But he has a skill for that. Well, that skill is natural and yet supernatural. It's natural because God's given him some of those abilities to do it. It's in his makeup, in his genetics. But it's also supernatural because actually God's spirit works in us to do the things that God calls us to do. Well, is that just for the church? No. At that time, Jason needed to provide for his family. And Jason's pretty much a self-taught construction guy, right? And so the spirit of God comes and says, you know, I'm going to help you learn this and do this well. Why? Because it is doing what I've called you to do, which is to take care of your family. The Bible says it's he, God, that works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. You know, these doves back here, um, they're not real. That's why they're sitting so still, if anybody's curious. Michelle did these. So, well, that's a natural thing. It's a natural thing, and yet it's a supernatural thing, because Michelle brings her gift or her ability to the table, and she says, you know, what can I do to help with God's church, with encouraging people, building people up. She says, can I do stuff for the stage? What's your topic? I said, it's demystifying the Holy Spirit. 
and I put, I have no idea how you turn that into anything on a stage, but there you go. Like, just put a fog machine out, and I'll talk in a fog machine the whole time. Yeah. I said, this, and then she sends me pictures, and this is beautiful. This is wonderful. Well, that's a gift that God's put in her, and that the Holy Spirit then comes and uses and helps her with creativity and understanding and ability in order to do the things that help to build people's lives and build the church. And so these natural abilities, these natural skills, God actually puts in us so that we can do the work that we're supposed to do. Teachers, teachers that teach kids, they go in there and they're with those kids and they're working, they're teaching them. Well, guess what? That's not as easy as it sounds. It's a challenge, a huge challenge. But you know what? God actually gives teachers the skill, ability, and a heart to work with kids and to help them to learn and to grow and to teach them. God uses us to do his work. And he does that by having the Holy Spirit come and teach us and grow us and help us. Numbers eleven seventeen, What do you do, Holy Spirit? He says, well, I empower leaders to deliver and serve God's people. Here's the mark of an actual God-called leader. That they serve people. And they help deliver them from bondages and difficulties. If you're ever under a leader, including me, that actually wants you just to serve them and they don't want to serve you, or you're ever under a leader, including me, that feels as if they're putting more bondages on you than they're taking off, run. Get out. That's not a God-called leader. A God-called leader lifts bondages off and weights and burdens off and serves. That's what they do. Well, where do you get that from? I get that from the Bible, and the Holy Spirit empowers that. Numbers eleven seventeen. I will come down, this is God, I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you. So I'm going to take my spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on them. He's talking about these other leaders that are coming up in Exodus or in Numbers. He says, they will share the burden of the people. In other words, they're going to serve and carry and hold the weight of the people and what they're going through. They'll do that with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. And so God's spirit was on Moses and on the leaders with Moses and Moses' job was to deliver people out of slavery and to help them move forward into the promises of God. And so God's Spirit comes and does that. It, it comes upon leaders to help set people free from burdens and difficulties, challenges in their life, and then to serve them and help them move towards the promise of God in their life. And you can see, so that's what the Holy Spirit does. What do you do, Holy Spirit? Well, I directed people to speak right and proclaim God's messages. In other words, the Holy Spirit brings prophecy. The Holy Spirit directed people to write the Bible. The Holy Spirit said, you know what? This is a message that we want humanity to hear and to know and to understand and so we are going to come and actually empower them to, to hear it and to speak it and to share that that can come sometimes in like the written word of the bible it's the bible's finished it's done it's god's work we don't add to it we don't take away from it but it also can come in prophecy that needs to be judged against the word you know somebody says hey i have a word for you okay well let me hear it and then let me see if it lines up with what God's speaking, what God's already said. Right? But the Holy Spirit does sometimes give us insight or ability to speak a word or to pray for someone and to touch on a certain specific subject that might be important to people at the time that God wants to speak to them. That's what happened this morning. Right? Three different people were receiving a word from the Lord about going to him as a refuge. That's the Holy Spirit at work to bring a word and a message from God into people's lives. And so God wants to do that for you but he also wants to do it through you, right? That's not saved for me as a pastor. 
Like, we're all believers. The Holy Spirit can speak to you, can give you a word of encouragement, a way to help and speak into somebody's life. You don't have to be a pastor to receive that. It's a believer. So here's the verse out of Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives and release darkness from the prisoners from darkness. And so the point he's saying here is God's given me a word. He's given me a mission. He's given me ability. And this is what I've come to do. Now, this was a prophecy actually pointing towards Jesus. Because Jesus uses the same prophecy when he talks about himself. But it's also indicative of what we're all supposed to do because we're all supposed to follow Jesus and be like him. Right? So this is what we do, and it kind of helps us understand who he is as well. Okay? Who are you, Holy Spirit? I'm the promised and permanent advocate. Promised and permanent. It's important. He is promised that we've received the Holy Spirit but also permanent. This isn't something, oh, I'm going to lose the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit went. The Holy Spirit's here, the Holy Spirit's gone. Like, oh, I'm chasing him around. Where do I go? How do I get the Holy Spirit? What a stressful way to live. What a stressful way to be a believer. I mean, let's just take Jesus, for example, right? What if Jesus lived that way? What if Jesus' whole thing was like a hide-and-go-seek? He's like, one minute he's with the disciples, the next minute he's like, boom, he's gone. He's hiding behind a building. Like, where'd you go? If you can find me, you can have me. But he actually went and sought his disciples. He brought his disciples to himself. He kept them close. And he worked with them in order to develop them. So here's a verse. If you love me, this is Jesus, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. And that's talking about the Holy Spirit. An advocate, a helper. And he will help you and be with you, how long? Forever. He's going to be with you forever. He's with you. He's going to be your advocate. He's going to be your helper. He's going to work on your behalf. There is a condition there. There's a condition. You see it? It's there. It says, if you love me, keep my commands, and then I will do this. There's an obedience to God's word, an obedience to the things that he asks us to do, an obedience in the way we live, an obedience in the way we treat our spouse, the obedience in the way that we conduct ourselves. The choices that we make, the things we do. If we are obedient and following God's ways and God's word, right? Well, I, but I want to do this. I like this. But it's outside what God said I'm allowed to do. It's sin, and I'm living in this, right? Well, there's a compromise there of the Holy Spirit being at work in my life. And so I have to actually walk in obedience, not just say, well, I love Jesus, and I can do whatever I want, because where the Spirit is, there's freedom. Okay, that's a misuse of the verse, because what that verse means, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It means that we are free from the bondage of our flesh and our sin and our addictions and our own selfish way of doing things. That's the freedom it gives. Not freedom to do what we want, but it's freedom from ourselves to do what He wants. That's what the, in context, that's what He's talking about. A lot of people use that verse to say, I can do whatever I want because I'm in the Spirit, now I'm free. Well, you can do whatever He has called and wanted you to do, because yeah, you're in the spirit now, and you're free from that. I don't have to be a drunk anymore. I have to deal with anger all the time and just always be angry. I don't have to be in this particular way of living. I can move on. And so he brings freedom, but there's with an obedience and a willingness to follow and do what he's asked us to do. The next one, what do you do, Holy Spirit? I'm a personable, knowable. I'm personable, and I'm knowable. Well, what does that mean? It means that he's 
actually has personality. It's not just a cosmic force. It's not just a universal energy. There's actually personality to the Holy Spirit. An interactive personality, and the Bible's full of examples of what that looks like, and we will get into those as these next few weeks go on. But I just want to hit this one verse on it. It says, the world cannot accept him. This is still Jesus talking. The world cannot accept him, talking about the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now check this out. Neither sees or knows. So in other words, I can't physically see. I also don't know in my head or in my heart, right? So now moving on to people that are believers that are following Jesus, it says, but you know him. Didn't say you see him, but you know him. Right? So he can be known, and you can be in relationship and have this knowing, intimate understanding of the Spirit of God, even though we still can't actually see him. Still able to know and to interact and connect. And well, how do you do that? Well, we do that with prayer. We do that in the Word. We do that in worship. We do that by listening. How do you get to know anybody? Right? Spending time with them, talking, listening, being in relationship. And as you do that, you get to know them. The Word of God is part of that because as we read the Word, remember the Holy Spirit is the one that gave that instruction on how to write the Word. Right? These are the things that we want written. These are the things that are supposed to go in there. And so reading what they wrote helps us to understand. You know, if I went and found your old box of love letters from Donnie and Courtney from way back in the day and pulled that thing open, we brought them up next week and I put them right here on this pulpit and I said, hey, we're going to read these love letters from Donnie and Courtney from back in the day. Would you want to help me with that, Adelie? And she put, she's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Read it out. Um, my sweet love, my bell. Is that what you started with? Yeah. Something like that. We get to know a lot about them by seeing how they write, how they interact, how they feel, right? Well, when we get into God's word, we can understand the Holy Spirit because this is his writing. Right? So he's put in there. So, well, I just know the Holy Spirit because I only pray. Well, he's... Why do you go through all the, all the work of this? Right? If somebody sent you a letter in the mail, and then they called you later to talk to you, and you're talking to them on the phone, they say, hey, did you read my letter? Well, no, because I knew we'd talk anyway. Well, I wrote stuff in the letter that was like, that's why I put it in the thing, and I shut it, and I put a stamp on it, and I sent it to you. Plus, there's a blessing and a gift in there. Oh, there was a gift in there. I gotta go find it. Now, I didn't really care what you had to say, but if there's a gift in there, I'm getting it open. How much, was, it, was it money? Was it what? i got to get it out. And so there's a gift that's in God's word that we have to open it to read and to understand and to get it out. It's not just an obligation to read, but literally the, the God of the universe, through his Holy Spirit, gave people instruction on what to write. And when we open up this letter, there's things in there that he wants us to know about himself, about the world, about our lives. And there's gifts in there that make our life better. And if we leave it shut and just on a shelf and say, man, I just wish that God would help me. He's like, read the letter. Read the letter. You know, it's kind of like instruction books. You know, even cars have those now. Right? Cars are so advanced. Right? I used to change our oil, swap out the spark plugs, change the water pumps. Okay, I never did that, but a lot of people do. <laughs> and a lot of people did. 
Technically, when I say I changed our oil, that means I drove it to Jiffy Lube, which is similar. Wouldn't have happened if I didn't drive it, right, Art? So I did. Okay, so she takes the car for oil changes. <laughs> Praise God. But technically, I married her. You see, this thing just keeps going back. Technically, I married her, and they're... Psh. See? I'm the, I'm the origin story, right? So I tell Jackson, every time he comes off the basketball court and he scored all these points, he did all these things, he's like, I'm like, you're awesome, so am I. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I made you, technically. So all of your accomplishments are my accomplishments. Isn't that awesome? And so... There's this whole thing that goes on, right? There's this whole thing that goes on through the work of God in our lives, right? That we have to know who he is, read his word, get the instructions. But my point on the cars was, you know, and John Clay can tell you this because he sells cars. If you need a car, go to John Clay, John Clay Automotive. No. But I'll just tell you, he sells cars. And if you buy a new car now and you don't want to read the instructions, you probably are going to have a lot of things you can't figure out how to do. They got computers in them now. They got all this stuff. And you're driving around like, how do I even plug my phone in? How do I, you know, how do I do this? Do you know that you can't actually set up your Bluetooth on your phone unless your car's parked? Like you're trying to set up your Bluetooth on your phone. Like you can't do that while you're driving. It's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> like our van does that. I'm driving. I'm trying to set up the Bluetooth on our phone. And the screen comes up and says, will not work while driving. And I'm like, then why are you a car? <laughs> What's going on? You gotta pull over, park, connect your phone to the Bluetooth so you can start your music. It's just crazy. I wouldn't know that unless I read the instructions, right? So God's word gives us instructions, you know. And for some of you, that goes back to what we talked about this morning. Sometimes you can't do everything while moving. Sometimes you have to stop, pull over to the side, and let God do His work, right? But I'm gonna do it while I'm moving. You can't. You can't. It doesn't work like that. But we can actually know him. And then it goes on to say, not only will we know him, but he lives with you and will be, what, in us. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's awesome. It's awesome, it's amazing. Oh, and it should be convicting. Right, it should be convicting. What if, you're, what if the person you respect the most said, hey, I, I, I'm going to be in town, I need, to live with, I need to come stay at your place for a couple weeks. Would it change the way that you interact and live in your house? A little bit, you know? Hey, no fighting. Shh, no fighting this week. If you're going to fight, fight right now. Get it all out, because they're going to be here tomorrow. We can't fight for a week. We've got to be calm in here. We've got to do good. Okay? Put all, the, put all those bad movies in the closet. Don't know if they can't see those. Shh. Like, whatever the case is, right, there's this whole, it changes, because that person's moving in. Well, think about this. If we're really saying that the Holy Spirit comes and makes his home inside of us, Whoa. Before you say amen, I want it, think about it. Think about it. Should it impact the way you think, the way you live? That means when you watch something, his eyes are watching it. It means when you say something, it's as if his mouth is saying it. I mean, are you sure you want that? And there's kind of a standard there. I mean, you've got to really say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. Like, help me. It's not just the warm and fuzzies, but it's a roommate that actually wants you to clean the dishes. Right? I want you to vacuum a little bit. Feed that fish. <laughs> There's a story behind that that I won't tell, but our fish is with my mom in heaven right now. The first of our family to go see her. Praise God. Uh, this is what we're going to do over these next few weeks, okay? 
we're going to slowly, line upon line, precept upon precept, is how the Bible talks to us about learning things, right? We're going to learn about the Holy Spirit. This is just a little bit of a touch of things that he did really in the Old Testament. Most of these verses, these are all Old Testament. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send him though, and now something different's going to happen. He's going to be with you and even in you. So we live in a time that's different than these Old Testament people where it said he came down upon them, he gave them an ability, he did this or did that with and through them. Is different than once Jesus died, paid for our sins and cleaned our house, made it suitable through the cross for the Holy Spirit to come and live there, right? Now the Holy Spirit moves in and wants to be not only on our life, but in our life and in our heart and begin to help us to grow and to change and to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and all these things so that we can become more and more like the image of Christ and to look more and more like our Father. And so we're going to get into that over the next few weeks of what does that look like for us because all the things that we talked about today were available before the cross and the Holy Spirit was doing that. But now since the cross, there's even more that's available to us because he's not inhibited and held back because Jesus has died and made a way for him to come into the type of intimate relationship that was always intended. Okay, so that's what we're going to get into as we go through these next few weeks, okay? Now, the last slide here, and then we're actually going to do something special today here at the end, is you can see this circle up here. And if you de decipher it, you get $472. First one to go. Ready to go? No. You can scan that. It's in your bulletin. Where that will take you is it will take you to a Bible plan that we are going to be reading, I'm going to be reading. It will actually add you to the group for the Bible plan, not just take you to the Bible plan, but add you to a beat church group. And you can scan it here, or you can scan it on your bulletin, or you can go on our Facebook page, and it's, the link is posted there. So lots of places to get it. The reading is very short every day, very short. There's no commentary. This isn't somebody's opinion where you read like two pages of commentary and then one verse afterwards. All this is is verses. That's it. Verses that point out and show things about the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the attributes of the Holy Spirit, the personality of the Holy Spirit, and so each day there's a couple of verses, and it goes 31 days. So we'll start it tomorrow. If you join that group, it'll start you on it tomorrow with us. When you're done reading the verses, there's a thing that you can actually, the, the last one, you can click on, and it'll actually allow you to leave a comment or a question. If you leave a question there, I'll answer it. If you want to leave a comment there about something you got out of that, or maybe, oh, hey, I didn't know this, you can leave a comment there. But it's our way of being able to get around God's Word and learn about the Holy Spirit together, not just from what I'm saying, but from what he already said about himself through his word, right? And the verses probably literally take maybe three to four minutes to read. This isn't a long reading. But hopefully as you read it each day, right, it just helps you keep your mind meditated and focused on the Holy Spirit because I believe over the next several weeks that the Holy Spirit is going to really work in us to understand what it means to have this advocate, this helper, that wants to be with us, live with us, and help us to do life. Amen? Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.